Listening to the Pool Boy Olympics podcast. Eight medals in Tokyo for Team GB in the swimming, then Britain's most successful Olympics ever. Uh, made all the better by having to watch it in the middle of the night here in the UK, of course. But uh, Steve here, we're back with the Pool Boy podcast to have a look over the second half of the meet. Uh, Katie is back with me as, as ever. And uh, Fresh from their commentary duties on Eurosport, Bob and Lizzie are back with us uh, as well to look back over what was an exciting second half of the Olympics. And then we'll uh, cast our minds back to the first half and, and pick some of our highlights of the week. Um, Katie, your body clock back on UK time? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a mixture of relieved it's over and really sad. It's yeah. nice to get a full night's sleep, though. <laughs> It is now. I think I think Bob, you and, and Lizzie were probably almost e- exclusively on Tokyo time. But uh, mm. how did you how did you find the competition? Uh, the competition was great. The uh, timing wasn't great from our point of view because obviously we had um, the heat at eleven o'clock in the morning and the finals semifinals at two o'clock in the morning. So, so basically, in terms of the turnaround, there wasn't much of a chance to get away and get much kip. I tried a couple of times, but a couple of hours really didn't quite cut it for me. Um, added to which now we've just been to the open water cycle and the diving cycle. So I haven't really fully readjusted anyway. So I think it'll probably be the weekend for us to start to uh, re-acclimatize to, to normal time. So um, which is why I took two weeks off work, quite frankly, because I knew that, that that would be the case. Well, I think there'll be plenty of people who've been suffering that sort of jet lag effect, but let's let's dive in and, and get on to some of the swimming and we'll look at the uh, the medals that, that Britain won on those second four days of competition. Let's start with the uh, the mixed medley relay, uh, which was a fantastic performance from from the, the team there. Lizzie, your your thoughts on that race? Oh, that was so exciting. I think I I actually just, after when I got home from that one, I just burst into tears and I don't know why it was, but uh, just, it felt like a, just an incredible achievement for that team. Um, it's such an exciting thing to watch. I think me and Bob, you know, as, as lots of people at home, kind of watching the lead that everybody else had over Kathleen because they put men on the front and then PT clawing it back and then Jimmy doing that extraordinary leg on the on the fly and then of course Anna going in and and just we were almost unable you know unable to believe our eyes and with the world record going as well it was just um very very exciting obviously the first time we've seen it at the games um and I think you know just proves that it was the right thing to do to put it in the program because it was one well for me anyway it was one of the best events of the week i'm interested to see all the recriminations now in america about the fact they got their quartet wrong or got their uh, order wrong or their selections wrong in that because you know i was expecting uh, caleb dressel to at least be closing down anna hopkin towards the end and she won it by a street well they they left caleb too much to do really didn't they that that quartet but uh you know the three splits i mean kathleen very solid 58-8. But then the, the three splits after that from, from Adam, James and, and Anna, Katie, were just out of this world. I mean, 56-78 was the second fastest uh, breaststroke split of all time at that this point in time. And then 50 flat from James Guy and 52 flat from Anna was just beyond anything we probably expected. 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think we kind of all know that we're, we're so lucky to have Adam in that team. But then, you know, James Guy has just showed us this week what an incredible team player, what an incredible relay swimmer he is. He's just such a valuable member of the team. And Anna just is getting faster every single time she dives in the water. Um, I completely agree with, with what Lizzie said. I don't think I was that sold on the mixed relays initially but this this race the mixed medley relay is so exciting and and it sparked you know so many people who aren't normally interested in swimming asking questions I've had so many texts from friends who you know aren't normally interested in sport at all asking me stuff about the swimmers and about the team and and how they're doing and why Adam Peter doesn't do 200 breaststroke and all this kind of stuff um so it's so nice to see people being interested in talking about it and and that's because we've got this incredible team of, of people who are not only amazing swimmers but you know we've seen some great interviews this week some people who are having a brilliant time and are so willing to talk about it and are so enthusiastic about it you know good good swims and bad swims um they've been talking really honestly about it and i just think it's brilliant for the sport can I give a big up to Greg Rutherford? Can I say his name? Um, to Greg Rutherford for the interview he's done this week. Because I mean, here's somebody in track and field who hasn't got a great knowledge of swimming, uh, but is enthusiastic and really got to know the swimmers and got to hear their stories and got to tell the stories really well. So um, I think Greg did a fantastic job on behalf of the swimmers this week or last week. Yeah, I agree. They all came across really, really well in their sort of after race interviews, you know, be there, be there after success or, or uh, disappointment. And um, no, the human side really, really was you know, brought out in those. Um, just want to pick up on, on Anna because in her individual hundred free, I mean, she did that amazing relay split, but in her individual uh, Lizzie, she broke the British record in the hundred free with a 52 75, uh, which I, I'll be honest, was not something I saw coming. I don't know if you had any inkling, I didn't see it coming and I think I think I maybe even missed it on the commentary until we recapped on it later that it had actually been that fast and obviously that was Fran Halsell's record uh, from 09 I think which was a a shiny suit record Um, and I think Anna's one of those swimmers where she's still a little bit under the radar I, I think in terms of world swimming like she's not you know going into the this meet wasn't probably expected to be up there on the podium and I know she didn't make the podium in the individual hundred but I think her her relay splits have just been absolutely extraordinary and as Katie said she does seem to be getting faster and faster every time she swims and I think um, she's a very very exciting prospect for the future um, not just relays but uh, but individuals as well so yeah it was a, a a big record to break I think that one. Interesting point about, about the mixed relays, Steve, is that I think it works brilliantly in swimming. Didn't seem to work terribly well on the track. I didn't think it worked all that well in triathlon either. Swimming, because of the nature of those strokes, seems to work much, much better than the other two. I think it's just the medley, though. You know, when, when they were doing the mixed freestyle relay, I mean, it was boring, to be honest, yeah. because everyone just put their two men off front. Uh, well, on that's the front what happened and, on the track, yeah. isn't it? So I think it's just that extra variety that you get from the medley relays is the thing that means that every country has to play for that play to their strengths and everyone has to swim it differently um which is what makes it such a great spectator event yeah I, I agree with that I think if you know on the track if they if they did like one leg running and then did like hurdles into a long jump and finishing with a pole vault that might be a little bit more interesting <laughs> the forward idea. roll leg that would be amazing exactly <laughs> 
I think yeah, well, I think you're right. It's the variety and the and the fact the extra variable of the different strokes that makes it exciting because then you get the the different matchups and the different orders and the tactics come into play. So yeah, definitely worked. Yeah, worked it's really the, well. It's the clean water as well. I think that's the the big one because it's not just who who your fastest swimmers are. It's whether or not they can deal with it um swimming in in wake um so i think that's the interesting bit from a strategic perspective it's not just you know ne- it's not necessarily just on paper who your fastest team is it's who's going to be able to swim in the waves of whoever's gone in the lanes next to them yeah probably a new experience for Caleb Dressel uh you would have thought as well for being yes. in the, not being in the lead in the middle really but um yeah that uh, made it very 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 exciting um and uh, Quick shout out, Casey, for Freya Anderson, who swam the, the heat of that one. And of course, you know, gave Anna the, the morning off and she did a very good split in that heat and uh, gets her gold medal as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've, we talked on the first podcast about how important the, the heat swimmers are. And, and we've seen a couple of them again in the second half of, of the week. And there was a lot of swimmers with really heavy programs. So that just reinforces how much we need that depth. Indeed we do. So another one of those heat swimmers we saw was James Wilby. He swam the breaststroke in the heats of the men's medley relay. Now they went on into the final, uh, qualified fastest, but then uh, the Americans did a bit of an outside smoke with a completely new team from lane one to take the gold in a in a world record, Bob. Uh, and it took that world record to, to beat the British team because they were winning the hunt all the way. Does it show you how far that we've come that we were really disappointed with the silver um, in the commentary team, Lizzie and I were both really going into that, thinking we were going to win that. And we couldn't see actually any reason why we wouldn't, wouldn't win it. Um, so we actually came off the back of that a little bit flat, to be honest. And it just shows you how far we've come. We emulated what we did five years ago, quicker time, European record, et cetera, et cetera. And everybody gave their all in that. Um, but we kind of came off the back of that feeling a little bit flat because we thought we should have won that. Your take on that, Lizzie? I mean, it was... It was redemption, I suppose, for Zach Apple after the uh, criticism he got for his four by two leg. Uh, very, very fast from from Caleb Dressel, and uh, the difference probably from from the last world titles was was Michael Andrew just minimising that loss to Adam Peaty on the breaststroke leg. But um, you know, a great race. Yeah, it was it was a brilliant race, and you know, I agree with Bob. I don't think it was that we thought we should win it; it's that we thought we we could win it. We really had that hope that 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 relay had everything to be able to come home with that gold medal and I still think on a slightly different day they they maybe would have um it yeah it was, it was one of those I think we we spoke about you know Luke on the front leg of that relay and, and I think Bob mentioned you know Luke would need to go kind of near a British record or a British record to um to maybe have kind of upset the American team there um, and, t- and taking the gold away. So I, I don't think it was, I think Luke has a, such a tough role on the front of, of that relay and he's obviously had such an amazing 200 and he was just not quite on spectacular form on the front of that relay. Um, and I think, as we said, we, he kind of needed to be like beyond his best um, for us to, to get it from the Americans. But um, yeah, it was still a brilliant race. And, and I think, as, as we said, it's interesting to think how far we've come that that was a re- the same result as Rio and everybody was celebrating and dancing around poolside and having a party. And we watched their faces at the end of that relay and the, the four boys were you know bitterly disappointed with it um, and gutted not to be coming a- away with the gold. So um, I think that just 
kind of shows the week that that we had in the pool and and as as Bob said the kind of how far we've come with that relay. I think we're going to find somebody can do a 52 high in the next three years somewhere. I don't think it's going to be Luke. Uh, could be Nick Pyle, might be Charlie Brown. There's quite a few backstrokers who are improving rapidly. We've got to find somebody who's going to do kind of um, Liam Tancock type times, I think. It would certainly uh, make the difference, wouldn't it, to, to have someone who's within half a second of, well, Ryan Murphy in this case, but um, but whoever, no, those those fast guys on the first leg, because um, Luke's strength is more uh, in the 200. Um, we saw that uh in, in the Olympics as well, he uh, reprised his bronze medal from the 2019 World Championships with um, with a third place in the 200 back. It was the same podium actually as 2019 with um, Evgeny Rylov winning and uh, uh, Ryan Murphy second. Lizzie is our resident backstroke expert. Uh, your view on that race? <laughs> Are you going to ask me about the slightly controversial press conference afterwards? Or? Well, I wasn't going to, but we can come on to that in a minute if you like. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was so, so impressed but with Luke um, in, in that race. I think he had a big weight on on his shoulders. He, he talked beforehand about feeling like um, a little bit of an underdog still and not, you know, a huge name in the in the world of swimming when it comes to that particular race. Um, but obviously with the expectation from, you know, backing up his world championships performance, I think he went in there with the belief and the confidence and the expectation that he absolutely should be on that podium. And it was a little bit of a wait for him during the week. He had already had a, you know, probably a slightly disappointing hundred at the beginning of the week where he wasn't really on his best. He didn't progress through the rounds. Um, and I was incredibly impressed with his composure and confidence coming in the way he swam the rounds of the, the 200, you know, he didn't, he didn't kind of mess around in the heats. He he was seeded like first, second or third. I can't remember exact positions. I think he went into the semi seeded first um, and, you know, really laid down his intent early on in, in that race. So, um, yeah, incredibly impressed. I'm very pleased that it did um, kind of translate into a medal for him because I absolutely think he deserved it. Well, he put he put three rounds together that were all faster than his PB coming into this season. So, uh, I mean, he was just a couple of tenths off his his British record all through. Um, but I'll, I'll be honest, Katie, in that final uh, 150 meters, when there was only a couple of tenths between him and and Bryce Mefford from the USA in the lane next to him, I was really worried that it was going to slip away and he was going to drop to fourth. But uh, he had he had enough to uh, hold on, thankfully. Yeah, I, I think I would agree with that. Um, it, I think we've seen we've seen him sort of take it out really hard and go hard through all three rounds. Um, we've seen him do that at Europeans as well, and then it just slipped away from him there in the final. But he, he held on really well. I think something that's so hard for Luke is that he, in the swimming world, he probably gets talked about more for not quite being good enough at the 100 rather than being celebrated for how good he is at the 200. And I think, you know, I kind of hope that someone does come through on the 100 and he gets the chance to just enjoy being a great 200 backstroker. Or, you know, it, that's assuming that he doesn't find the 100 um, because because I sort of think it's really unfair how we expect him to to be able to put together an amazing 100. It's sort of like when we used to expect Ben Proud to be able to deliver an amazing 100 free when he's a 50 freestyler um so yeah i i was so pleased to see him on that podium and he looked so delighted so um yeah i i think the controversial press conference is is worth a mention because i mean my i don't know what anyone else's take on it but 
my my take is that they were asked some broad questions and it was reported as then being directed at, at the winner which i'm not sure is how either of uh luke or the um the the us swimmer ryan murphy intended their comments to be uh interpreted i don't know what any of you guys think Bob, you've sat in lots of press conferences over over the years. Yeah, um, they, they were obviously aiming to try and get that answer elicited from Murphy at some point. And I think he danced around the, 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 the head of a pin for a bit. And uh, there were a lot of interpretations and kind of spins on it because he didn't actually mention any names. But he did mention he thought there were people in the race that weren't clean. And of course, the speculation will always be about um, the ROC. At this situation um yeah you know. I, I think it's probably worth us just i mean i don't know what other people think of it but i thought that roc was a joke to be honest i don't see how that is meant to be a punishment um unless you're massively um wedded to your national anthem um and you're you're going to be terribly upset not to have it play i just don't see how allowing everyone to compete pretty much but under a slightly different name is is meant to be a deterrent um for for people who are doping um that was sort of my take on it well, it, well it's not is it and, and this, this was my take going in if athletics can have a, a regulation they only have 10 they stipulate there's only 10 athletes who can compete why can that not be across the board why can't the ioc sanction that because it's their games after all they might say there are independent and individual governing bodies here but it's their games and, and that they call the tune well i mean there certainly didn't seem to be anyone from that you know obvious from from swimming that was wasn't there who we would have expected to see there so uh yeah it's it's a it's a funny old business isn't it um you know it's a meaningless punishment and yeah okay across all aquatic sports as well not just swimming but diving yeah. water polo and um uh, artistic swimming and everything that the, the, the russians roc are all in there yeah well it's it's it makes no sense and uh i know there's been there's you know, obviously been change in FINA recently, and and talk about having a um, a uh, an integrity unit modelled on the one that athletics has got, and I think the sooner that that kind of separation can take place, uh, and they, you know perhaps reduce some vested interests or, or you know separate out that enforcement from from the promotion of the sport, then um, the better really. And I mean I know in this instance it was cast that that. Um, Know, reduced that suspension and made it uh, the punishment in inverted commas that we actually saw but um, you know hopefully we can get a bit more meaningful commitment to, to the anti-doping in swimming um, over the over the coming years and so you know there is more kind of deterrent to those people who are are you know tempted to dope or, or whatever so um, fingers crossed on that score but uh Moving back into the pool, if we can, there was one more medal from uh, Great Britain in the men's 200 IM. Uh, terrific swim from Duncan Scott. And I, I would imagine, uh, Lizzie, that most of us would have thought if if you told us that Duncan would swim a 155.2 in the final at the Olympic Games, that he'll probably be coming away with a gold medal. Um, but it wasn't to be. Um, Wang Shun of, of China was 155 flat. So a very fast final, um, but Duncan just on the wrong side of that touch. Yeah, and again, you know, just shows the kind of calibre of athlete that Duncan Scott is that, again, he was, you know, visibly disappointed with that silver. He was absolutely in it to win it. 
And I think actually the fact that it was such a fast final is a great thing because I think that there have been events at the games. You may have discussed, you know, a couple of them previously. I think we mentioned a few events when we did the kind of pre-event podcast um, that that haven't moved on that much in the last year or, or the last few years um, or even since Rio. And actually the 200 medley was a very, very fast event. And I think Duncan is or is always or has always been known as a freestyler. I still think of him as a freestyler. And um, it's only really in the last, well, it's really these games that we've seen him on the podium for the medley and he absolutely belongs to be there on that podium. So um, an amazing yeah, event to watch because as we say, we kind of know Duncan better for his freestyle swims, whether that's in the individuals or in the relays. Um, and again, just displays what an incredible athlete Duncan is. Again, very kind of understated, um, no real ego with Duncan. He's very, very humble, uh, very kind of gracious and um, yeah, an amazing race, but um, kind of securing his, I think, the only only British athlete to ever get four uh, four medals at one Olympic Games. Um, so incredible week for Duncan, and um, I think just amplifies what what a great swimmer he is. That he was still disappointed with that silver medal. <laughs> um, yeah, crazy event. But I mean, he uh, he he broke his uh, British record by over 0.6 of a second. So you know, there's not a lot more you can ask of yourself. I mean, it's that old cliche, Katie, that, you know, it was, I saw it on Instagram on, on a picture of Caleb Dressel's schedule where he'd, he'd written across the top control the controllables, you know, and he did, that's exactly what Duncan did because he couldn't control what anyone else was going to do, but he stepped up and he swam a massive best time in an Olympic final. Yeah, it's, it's, it was quite a hard one to watch um, sort of his, his week because it was so amazing and yet he is he knows how good he is and he's so ambitious that he was disappointed and I so wanted him to come away and not have a a but you know after any race um even even the gold you know there was a but we didn't break the world record um I, I think overall it's a positive thing um I wanted him to have total satisfaction with with at least one of his races but we're I think this is going to make him so so hungry and I think one thing to 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 remember with a lot of these athletes is that I I mean I'd be I doubt that we see more than a couple of retirements because it there are only three years to to Paris Um, and we've done so well as a team I think it feels now like it is achievable you know a lot of people have got on podiums and a lot of people will believe that they can Um, and I think everything that Duncan's done this week you know our our most successful ever um aquatics performer i think and the first male ever to win four four medals at a single olympics from from gb um what a week it's amazing i i want him to be happy i'm kind of pleased that he's not in a way if that makes sense not in a horrible way (laughs) yeah no i do know what you mean and uh the the event bob brought the curtain down on on one of your favourite swimmers' careers, as we said, farewell to Laszlo Che. Yeah, so delighted he made the final as well, because you look at it, he's, he's coming off the back of not a lot of racing, to be absolutely honest, you know, yet he, he decided just to do that one event. He has done 400 before, and of course he's done backstroke before, um, but he put all his eggs in that basket. I was absolutely thrilled that he made the final. 
um, and went out on the high because I didn't want him to go out in the heats or on the semis. Uh, he deserved to go through all rounds and he did and, and he swam very well throughout. And, you know, the, the guy's been on the scene for nearly 20 years at international level, which are very few swimmers. Of course, there's a few in that uh, in that mix in Tokyo, but very few and certainly not male swimmers, it's mainly female swimmers who've been doing five Olympics. So, um, yeah, um, hope he enjoys his retirement. I'm sure I'm sure he will um, you know and as you say a very good way for him to to call time on his career so that's that's eight medals we'll loop back and and just get your views Lizzie Bob on on some of the things from the first four days in a minute um that, that we discussed on our halfway podcast but um no eight medals Bob um we saw at the end um particularly James Guy you know dropping his 100 fly, we saw Anna Hopkins step out of the 53 to focus on those two medley relays we've already spoken about. Now, as it as it turned out, um, with certainly with the form he was in and then the way results went in that 100 fly, um, James probably had a very good chance at a bronze medal and that maybe, you know, you, know, you can never say for sure what would have happened, but certainly he had that opportunity. Um, and I know you have um, mixed feelings about, about people you know, dropping those events. So, so what did you make of the situation? I have mixed feelings when I think it's not done in the interest of the swimmer, particularly. I think uh, James Guy made the point, uh, maybe not forcefully, but he certainly dropped it into conversation that had he done the individual event, the time he did in the relay would have given him a bronze medal. Now, as you say, you can't directly uh, extrapolate that and say you would have done that. But, you know, when I looked at the, the rankings going in, I thought, you know, you're on the cusp of potentially getting an individual medal. You're not going to win it. You probably won't get second, but there's certainly a bronze up for grabs. He, he was in a clutch of swimmers who had a chance of winning that bronze medal, I thought, in the 100 fly. So I was particularly annoyed. Lizzie knows this. <laughs> I was particularly annoyed when he was pulled out because I thought, look, what you're saying to James Guy is we, we want you on the team, but we want you as a relay swimmer. You know, forget your individual event. We want you just as a relay swimmer because know how good you are on relays. And I think that's really unfair to him because I think he had a chance, a very good chance of having an individual medal there. Um, and it, it was it was denied to him. And I know he's a team performer. He's a team player and he's always going to fall on his sword for something like that. But I think on this occasion, I think they got that one wrong. Katie, Lizzie, with your, with your experience of being on teams, how much do you think it was a joint decision I mean I know we'll never know the conversations that were had with him but how much do you think it was a joint decision or, or how much do you think he was told inverted commas that that's what was going to happen Lizzie over to you thanks thanks for that on past um my sense with with this I, I I don't know we'll we'll never know without speaking to James and without being in on those conversations um I think he will have made I think he'll have had more say in it than we think he he perhaps would have um and and I I don't disagree I think he he absolutely could have been on the podium I I I think the probably in fighting for that bronze medal position because we did see two swimmers in their own right from a standing start go under 50 seconds um and I think you know you always need to add on a good half a second for the reaction time and a relay and obviously the the kind of swing for the, for the takeover um and and of course jimmy in that relay was he was next to girls he was he was reeling in the uh, the women in the lanes next to him um as opposed to sitting in a lane next to caleb dressel um so i, I don't d- disagree that he could have done both but i think 
I don't think he'll have been too gutted to um, to go with the relay. And I think he'll have wanted to give them every possible chance of getting that gold in the mixed medley and doing it in a world record time. And it turned out that they did that by quite a significant margin. But um, I think, you know, that the probably would have been regret if it had been really close or if they had just missed out on either one of those and he'd had an earlier swim. So, um, I, you know, it's a really difficult one. I think it's, I'm sure it was difficult for him to make that decision. I'm sure it was difficult for his coaches um, and we may see a different decision from him in the future if he decides to focus more on that. Because again, he, you know, he has proved and is proving that he is a 100 fly swimmer in his own right. So um, I would love to see him pursue the individual um, at future competitions, but uh, I don't necessarily think it was the wrong decision for this one. I do wonder if uh, if there'd been a, you know, an alternative fly swimmer, you know, Jacob Peters was a bit off his, his trial swims in the heats of the individual, um, but I wonder if there'd been a, an alternative for the for the heats that the coaches perhaps had a bit more more confidence in or if we'd not had that miss on day one in the men's four by one which seemed to push them you know very much towards a risk-free approach to relay heats whether we'd have whether we'd have seen something different yeah there were I, I, th- I think that was it I think that was it Steve I, th- I think the first day kind of set the template for that is the fact that we didn't ever assume we wouldn't make the four by one men's and we didn't and I cut that and then suddenly a little bit of negativity or caution came in in terms of relay selection and, and individual swims I think that probably had more of an effect on the week than anything else uh, but the, the, taking Matt Richards out of the individual I, un- I understood that and I, I agree with that and to a certain extent the, the Anna Hopkins as well but but Jimmy I didn't sorry all we can do is uh, is wonder about the ifs and buts but what we do know is that uh, he comes home with two Olympic golds and a silver. So uh, a pretty good week's return for James, no doubt. Um, so we, we did get eight medals, um, but they're very much, Katie, slanted to to the men's team, as as it has been for um, a little while. Do you the, do you think that, that we're just in one of those cycles where, where it's swung over to the men and it will gradually come back? I mean, what did you, what did you make of the, the women's team this last week? I felt like the women's team had more close calls and and probably it sounds harsh but I think it's fair to say missed chances. Um I I think when we were all doing our predictions if we had had sort of spoken out through them we probably would have predicted a medal in the 200 breaststroke uh a medal in the 200 IM and and I'm I'm not saying that these weren't close and that they weren't won in incredible times and you know all all those sorts of things. Um, I think Kathleen not meddling is completely legitimate because that hundred backstroke was ridiculous. Um, but but I think there were there were a few missed chances there, and they were close and we were just on the wrong side. But there were a few points in in the men's where we were close but we were on the right side of the podium if that makes any sense um i mean i do think it's cyclical and i think it always is i don't think we've ever been in a, in a situation where both the men's and the women's team have been absolutely firing at the same time um but i mean i think that's probably true with a lot of countries probably outside the us i mean australia is mainly it's mainly dominated i think by the women um but they do have a few men on the podium um i just i don't think it's unusual no, I think that's I think that's fair, and also, uh, you know, if you think of 
uh, no, the likes of Abby, Freya, Anna, they've they've got more in them, haven't they? They know. You, you mentioned you didn't think there'd be many retirements. I mean, I think probably most of the most of that women's team will will be swimming on. You'd think uh, Amy Wilmot, perhaps we think is may uh, maybe call time. But um... what about Molly? Molly's a good question because and Molly's is on the go. The, the thing that kind of concerned me. We we talked about it a little bit in commentary. Was Molly looked absolutely fantastic in the heats. She looked so good in the heats. And she looked very good for 175 metres in the semi-final. And then from then on, she didn't. And I couldn't quite work out what happened there because I, I was really confident off the back of the heats. I thought she's looking great. She looked really good. And she looked good for the majority of that semi-final. And then she never looked as good again. I was trying to work out what, what had happened there. And I don't know whether you can shed any light on what you think happened there. Well, I mean, I, I honestly, and I know I know nothing about breaststroke. I don't understand why she didn't do the 100 I think that just put way too much pressure on the 200 for her and and I thought I thought to be honest I thought she looked exhausted um particularly down the last 50 we weren't seeing that attacking swimmer that we saw at Europeans um and and the mental toll that you know pe people were talking I was thinking of her as a medal prospect lots of people were um and that must that must be hard to cope with and you put expectation and pressure on yourself um and i think maybe having another event to slightly take the pressure off you know have have a swim your your way into the olympics i don't i don't see how that's a bad thing no well evidently that that decision made uh, with her with her coach um but uh, I, I tend to agree even if it was only a case of you know getting the cobwebs out getting used to the you know the processes and the call room and and all that stuff you know so that it she looks so good in the heats that, that so that in a way that kind of goes against that argument. She looked really good in the heats. She didn't. Look, she looked fantastic in the heats of the two hundred breasts. And then it was almost like, um, literally, I thought halfway down that that final length of the the semi final, and she never looked as good as she did in the heat ever again after that. Well, yeah, maybe she was just uh, one of those swimmers who who didn't adapt as well to the morning finals. I don't. I don't know. It's 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 difficult to tell. And she looked so so devastated um which we never want anyone to see and, and certainly you know she didn't swim badly um i think she's just swum so well this year you just want to find it at the right time that's that's exactly it isn't it it's about you know we, we mentioned it with with duncan and his 200 am it's about finding it in and that one race that matters and sadly for for molly you know it wasn't the that final but um do that group get their taper wrong? I mean, it, it's easy enough to do, isn't it? it, it that the coaches go in, perhaps get the taper wrong, and it was that that group to a certain extent. I think it's it. It looks that way from the outside, but then again, you know, there's there's so much this year that we don't know. Like I didn't know um, that Lucy Hope had had COVID a month ago. Um, I think I mean that's a huge huge thing, and we don't know, you know what else has been going on i think this team generally have played their their cards pretty close to their chest in terms of illness and injury um so it, it's it's just a really difficult one to know but i mean without knowing any more i do think that group were slightly off and they weren't where we hoped they were going to be having moved on so much earlier in the year i kind of expected the same trajectory as we go into tokyo and it wasn't there um what the reason for that was i mean the most the most logical explanation is they missed their taper but you know 
Dave Hemmings is a great coach. He knows what he's doing. So there might have been more to it than that. Okay, right. Well, let's not get too bogged down in, in doom and gloom because after all, it was Britain's most successful Olympics. Um, Bob, Lizzie, you weren't with us on our halfway. So let, I just want to get your very quick opinions on on the, the four British medals won on the first four days. So uh, I'll start with you, Bob, the, the men's 200 free. Um, yeah, I think I predicted that. Uh, but not that way around, of course. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think I think you were all uh, you little faith, weren't you? Uh, the rest of this team. I think we were less convinced than you were, certainly. Yeah, I I was absolutely. I, I don't think I've ever been more convinced in my life that I was going to be a one-two, but I got it the wrong way around. But um, there, there's something about Tom Dean. I said this a couple of years ago. I think on a podcast that we had here. I, there's something about that lad that really impressed me. I thought he's a big-time operator here. Uh, and whilst I, I thought Duncan would beat him in the 200 free, I was absolutely convinced he'd be on the podium for that. And the interesting thing going into the Olympics, I'm reading Swim Swam and I'm reading everyone. They're not even mentioning him. He wasn't even mentioned, even though he was ranked number two in the world. None of the, the pundits, none of the experts even had him down. They were talking about Lode Rapsis and they were talking about Duncan. And they were talking about Tom Dean was not even on the list. And I thought, miss him out of your peril. This boy is going to make you eat your words. And he swam just an unbelievable race. Um, you know, he swims it differently to, to Duncan, of course, but you know, it just he swam the heats fantastically, semifinals equally brilliantly. And you know, the, the, there was never a stage in the commentary on that 203 where I ever thought anything other than he's going to get a medal here. Didn't know which color, of course, it could have been Duncan to pip him at the post, but. I was absolutely convinced all the way through. I, I'm very relaxed about his swim, and I, I think he's going to be an absolute star in Paris as well. Well, he's certainly <clears throat> still young, so plenty more to give. Uh, Lizzie, quick thoughts. The the men's 4 by 2 relay, tremendously exciting. You know, massive win. Uh, your take? Oh, my God. <laughs> what a race. Um, yeah, so, so exciting. I, I think, again, it was one that we had huge, huge hopes for in the lead-up. Um I think we thought that they they could win it, but I didn't think it would be by that much. I thought that Duncan would have to have an extraordinary swim on the back end um, to to take the goal. But Duncan, I mean, he still did have an extraordinary swim, but he didn't actually need to. He could have been quite average and they could have still very convincingly taken the goal. So, um, yeah, it was absolutely unbelievable. I mean, Matt Richards was just a, a superstar. I think we always kind of thought that that, potentially could have been a weaker leg and it just it just wasn't at all and they set Duncan up so well for that anchor as I said it, it he almost didn't didn't even need to go all in to uh to take the win on it but um yeah very very special indeed something uh very very cool and a uh, nice way nice race for your uh, commentary debut I'd imagine <laughs> yeah well I felt very lucky um, just to have this whole week to be honest and in terms of commentating, because I know that lots of commentators wait for years and years and years to be uh, talking through races like this. So I felt very lucky. It was a roller coaster, though, wasn't it, Bob? We did uh, shed a few tears as we went along, and um, I'm definitely feeling it this week. Well, I've got to admit, every time Jimmy went into uh, Kleenex mode, uh, we, we, we were very close <laughs> to it as well. Um, there, there were a couple of occasions. That, that, definitely the one, two, and the 203, I've got to be honest. That, that, that was the one that came closest to setting me off. Um, because you know it's, it's nice to be vindicated, but it's also nice to 
you know, for someone like Tom Dean at his tender age to, to be to be winning an event like that so so, so well, right? You know, he just tipped out um, Duncan, but to have a British one too in the two hundred free, uh, a very special moment. And uh, and Bob staying with you for uh, Mr. Reliable Adam Peaty, it's just incredible, really. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I think. It's one of those commentaries that Lizzie and I were kind of sitting back and just enjoying the ride because that the, there was no jeopardy in that. Um, he, he'd look good in the heats. He'd look good in the semi-final. I think. I think we, the other thing that we might observe, he, we might have expected him to go a little bit quicker. That's all. Um, he, he didn't um, beat the, his Rio time, um, but you know he did what he had to do. And you know, Kamiga tried as hard as he could. The rest of the field tried as hard as they could. Um, but he, he was so much in control in, in, in all three rounds of that. So, so that, that was kind of, you know, we, we, we'd put the medal around his neck before he even jumped in the water the first time. And there was nothing we saw at any, any point in those three rounds that led us to believe anything other than it was going to be a comfortable win. And that's exactly what it was. I think, I think though, it should, should be mentioned just how impressive that is because he's, he's known for the last, you know, well, for say five years, but definitely the last couple of years with the, the form that he's been showing, that he is all but guaranteed for a medal. And I think the expectations and the pressure to go in with that, not a, oh, we hope Duncan Scott might be on the podium. Oh, we hope Molly Renshaw might get a medal. They've almost counted, you know, Team GB, the British swimming, they've almost counted that medal before it's even happened. Um, so I think, you know, a very different position for him than when he was going into Rio. And uh, I agree, you know, it wasn't the fastest time that, that he's given. But I think just I, I was just in, incredibly impressed with him um, all, all through the meet. But uh, but particularly with that, because it is the, the first time anybody's really been close to him this year. Um, and I just think with that weight of expectation, he just did an exceptional job. I think what was even more impressive, Lizzie, was what he said in the mix zone afterwards. Uh, the interview he gave to, 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 well, no, apart, apart, apart from that, of course, um, and of course, uh, nice of uh, Caroline Peter to be watching us on Eurosport and, and not the opposition when, when he gave those uh, interviews in the mix zone to Greg. Um, but actually, you know, what he was saying about, you know, and, and as we've heard subsequently, he's pulled out the ISL. Um, because of you know wanting to make sure his mental health is is under control, and he, he's not a machine. You know, he's, he's made it very clear from those interviews he is not a machine. Uh, whilst people expect him to deliver um, every single time he goes in there, um, there, there is pressure on him to do just that, and and he, he needs time away, and he needs time with the family and everything else, and you know he, he can't do twelve months a year of swimming. Nobody can. And, and I, th I thought that the human side, the very human side of Ampiti really came to the fore there. Definitely, definitely. So uh, very impressive in, in all sorts of ways from Adam in this last week. Um, let's just quickly touch on the open water because we did mention it uh, in our preview. Uh, not the results, I'm sure, that either uh, Alice or Hector were hoping for. Alice came out saying she felt disappointed. I think 19th Bob and uh, and Hector, of course, took a, an elbow to the eye and actually was forced out of the race. So Yeah, I'm not quite sure why there were not yellow cards in that race. I've, I've been trying to find out exactly. I mean, I know he, he wasn't up with the lead boat and maybe the, the chief referee was not looking at what was happening behind, but he looked like he'd actually been in the boxing competition and not the open water uh, with that kind of thing. And I think he went in with, with hopes. I mean, he, he was he was in the middle of the field for a little for a little bit. Um, I don't think the water conditions were particularly conducive 
uh, for quite a few people in there. But I think he'll, he'll return. Hopefully, we'll have two Brits in there in 2024. And obviously, fantastic, um, for, uh, groundbreaking in, in terms of the women's competition as well. Well, indeed, not long until, until Paris. Hopefully we'll see them both uh, in the Seine in, in Paris in 2024. Um, let's let's sort of wrap things up. Let's just pick some of our, our highlights of the week. Um, Katie, uh, it's, like, it's like trying to pick your favourite child or something, but what's your uh, what was your pick of the GB swims from the week? Who's my favourite child? Um, <laughs> if it was an event, it'd probably be that mixed medley relay. Um if I had to single out individuals, oh, it's so difficult. Pro- I mean, probably not necessarily what you'd expect. So I just thought Matt Richards' leg on that four by two was so amazing. It was so like mature and he made such a difference. So I think that was maybe one of my swims of the week. And James Guy's 100 fly in the mixed medley. Um, there, I know there are, there are gold medalists knocking about, but... Um, I remember those legs of those relays so well and I just thought they were brilliant. Lizzie, do you uh, agree or have a different view? Yeah, definitely. I think the boy, you know, the boys did something very, very special in the in the 203 that that was amazing to watch. Um and then I do think Anna as well and I think um you know she she's not one that's going home with three or four medals but I just think she's such an exciting swimmer. She's you know, she doesn't she's so kind of she's much smaller than the rest of the field but she just absolutely flies across the water um and i i just think give her another few years and um and yeah she could be doing something very special so i'm very impressed with her but i think yeah watching that one too was it did feel like while it was watching history um kind of make itself so um yeah i was very impressed with that one Bob, have have, the, have Casey and Lizzie picked your favourite already, or yeah, yeah, I think I think Lizzie has with Tom Dean. To be honest, I mean, uh, to me, uh, the maturity that he showed in both well, uh, his lead off in the in the four by two was not as quick as he wanted to go, obviously, but I just thought the way that he handled himself, the way he, he prepared himself, the way that he swam through the rounds of the, the 200 free, uh, to me was exemplary and um, I, I couldn't look any further than him. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll be honest, I've been asked this question a couple of times and I've I've always plumped for Tom uh, as well, but there were so many GB highlights, you know, that uh, it was a great week. Um, quickly looking outside of the British team for a minute uh, on some of the other um, swims of the week. I'm, I'm going to go first here because um, my, my kind of swim of the week that, that not from a, a British swimmer was uh, was actually the women's 200 breaststroke I thought uh, Tatiana Schoenmacher's world record just came out of nowhere I mean no one swam under 220 for ages it seems in that in that event and then she's gone and broken uh, 219 I mean Bob Katie you'll remember when we started this podcast it was uh, the 2013 worlds when that world record was set by Erika Moller-Pedersen and it was her and Yuri Refimova before before we all went off her, um, kind of pushing each <laughs> other onto onto those you know, great performances. But it had been a bit, you know, quiet since then. But so that was a massive step forward in that event to go, you know, I mean, to take it under under 219. And you could see from the reaction of, of Annie Laser and, and Lily King and the others in that race, you know, that they were so pleased for her. And I really liked that, that reaction as well. So that was my... My pick for the week, uh, Bob. Did you have a did you have a, a non GB highlight? Ahmed Hafnui in the four hundred meters freestyle. Where did that come from? Out of absolutely left field. Um, terrific race. I mean, that was that was day one. 
really set the tone, I think, for the rest of the Olympics as well, because in fact, so much so, and I, 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 I feel kind of recriminations coming on for this. Out of the eight in that race, he was the one I discarded completely. I talked about seven, saying this is a wide open field. Here's one to seven, and then there's lane eight. <laughs> and and I, I kind of cast him aside as, as the one we wouldn't be talking about at all during the course of that race. And of course, he goes on to win it. So Ahmed Hafnui, uh, I tip my cap, and I, I think that was my outstanding non British swim of the week. Yeah, really good one, and one that nobody saw coming at all. Uh, Katie? Uh, probably Emma McKeon's 100 free. Um, I feel like she's been a bridesmaid for so long on, on, on the world stage and probably has more silvers than anyone else. So it was, uh, that was a brilliant race and also great to see um, Kate Campbell finally on the, the podium for the 100 free, which um, has been a, a tough journey for her. So I, I really enjoyed that women's 100 free. Yeah, no, really good race. And Lizzie, I'm, I'm going to hazard a guess that you enjoyed the women's backstroke events because they were very fast. I did enjoy them. They were incredibly fast. Yeah, I was actually going to say the 200 breaststroke as well. I was going to say that swim from Schumacher as well. Um, but yeah, the backstroke events were, they based on the times that have been swum this year, they were always going to be fast events. Um, but I think, you know, it kind of set the scene in that women's 100 backstroke where the, I think the Olympic record went three times in the heats. Um, and it was a very, very fast podium particularly for the 100 more so than the uh than the 200 but uh very impressed with Katie McEwen um I thought you know she she went into this meet kind of seeded first on both of those but uh absolutely held her own and has quite a unique way of swimming it because she's often not at you know at the front of the race um kind of three quarters of the, of the way in and then just has this absolutely extraordinary back end um and i know her and i know her coach quite well as well so um was yeah very pleased to to see that and very impressed with the times that were being swimming it well very good very good events both of those so uh yeah very enjoyable well that's that's a good time to draw this podcast to a close a fantastic week of swimming well eight days of swimming in tokyo from a british perspective and of course uh, more generally some some fantastic racing as well Thanks very much, uh, Katie, Bob, Lizzie. Great to have you back for this podcast. But um, we'll be back in some way, shape or form for the ISL, which is only weeks away. Uh, so not long to uh, till we can scratch our swimming itch again. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch, it's at Poolboy on Twitter, uh, at Poolboy UK on Instagram or Facebook or poolboy.co.uk forward slash contact. But until we're back, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Pool Boy Podcast. For more episodes, visit www.poolboy.co.uk slash podcast. <laughs>